0: Welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I And this week, we promise we're only going to tell you what's actually happening. And we're not going to make you disbelieve your own thoughts and feelings. Unlike the main character in the movie that we watched, uh, we are going to be talking about 1944's Gaslight, directed by George Cukor. I'm saying it now because we're going to get into the fact that This man gets no respect later on. Uh, But before we get started, how was your week? I
1: had a very interesting week, and I had a very interesting weekend. We packed up um, our household, for the most part, and we went to go see uh, Jack London's estate. Yes. Including the Wolf House, which was a...
0: I didn't make it to the Wolf House. It was too hot. Yes, it was 90 degrees. 92 degrees. At the time when I tapped out, and I was like, come back for me with the golf cart. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it was a very interesting place. There is a museum that was made, uh, um, constructed by his wife, Charmian. Charmaine, yeah. But
0: I kept reading as chairman, and I was like who is this chairman? And then I finally, like, looked at it and realized the I was in the second half of the word, and I'm like, you're an idiot. Jeff is a very <laughs> problematic individual. Yes, which they don't really. They, they have, have one thing that's uh-huh. like, nobody's perfect. Right. He was prone to bouts of temper. That's what they want to say. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I understand. It's a museum that was donated in on his own behalf and on behalf of his family, so right. they're not going to maybe be as, as forthcoming. Critical. He's buried there. He's buried well, there, yes. On the top
1: of a hill. Um, his... I also didn't make
0: it to the grave. Right, which was I right made it next to where you were. 0.3 miles. Uh-huh. I made it probably 0. 0.4 miles. The grave was 0. 0.5 miles and the house was 0. 0.6. And yeah. I, my vision was going, though, and I was like, I don't Want an ambulance to have to come for me so I'm going to tap out. (laughs) It was a very hot day
1: it was much hotter because we by comparison because in the actual East Bay we are um we were fogged in for a couple of days.
0: Yes yeah it was like 70 when we left here and then it was 92 when we got out there and Mm -hmm. I was like unprepared. I'm out of shape. It was a mess. I tried. I mm. failed. Well, you guys got to go and see and take pictures. Right, of so. uh, the Wolf House, which was the
1: house that he and his wife had planned to build and he, build and he died at forty years old. He died at forty. Two weeks shy, I think, of the house being constru- finally constructed.
0: Well, but it had burned. didn't it burn down or it did it burn down, down after um, his death?
1: Yes, he couldn't rebuild it.
0: Oh, he was trying. they were trying to rebuild it. He was trying
1: it. to rebuild it and apparently um there was a lot of poor choices that were made. The house was burned down because of linseed oil
0: rags that were left. That stuff is extremely right. flammable. It's one of the reasons I don't... Y'all, I pick up a craft every a new craft every three weeks. So, so I do acrylic painting and I do watercolors, but I won't do oils because flammable. Right. I don't have a dedicated place to put flammable materials. It's...
1: And then he himself died um, from mercury, I believe it was. That he uses medicine when he was traveling on a ship with his wife through the South Pacific. Um,
0: I don't under... I don't understand. I can't really square uh, his trips and his photos and And they they tout his trips across the South Pacific, and he mm-hmm. brought a phonograph and played music for native peoples of these various islands mm. that they went to. He was a white supremacist he He actively mm. campaigned for the the uh, the uh, extermination of quote unquote lesser breeds of people. So he right. was a white supremacist. Let's be He's very a white clear. supremacist and a eugenicist. In the respect that <laughs> in a time he, where eugenicists were uh, most of the famous people, well, it turns out it's, it's, it turns out
1: a lot of intellectuals in his time were eugenicists and were white supremacists. It's for me, it's always difficult to say a person who had this much respect for indigenous cultures of Polynesia, for the Japanese, for the Koreans, also believed. That, but he thought
0: that Chinese should be exterminated.
1: Right, or the, or the African Americans. He invented the term "the Great White Hope,"
0: because God, Jack Johnson, really?
1: as a boxer, was tearing through the heavyweight. Um, oh, the, and ranks, who were mostly black, right? And he married a white woman. He was just he was horrifying to people like London, who then. Invented the term "the Great White Hope." Is there not someone who can save us from the domination of the black race? And,
0: and no, and it's, it's a horrible, <laughs> there, there horrible thing. So he's a, yeah. So he is a very problematic Problematic individual. to say the very least.
1: Um, and what's really strange is that in so many respects he was so far ahead of his time, both with trying to raise. As we visited this farm that had gotten the latest uh, methods. For farming. He was a socialist who really wanted to see equality for all people unless they were black. It's very strange. Yeah. The yeah, well, yeah, but
0: I mean there's maybe there's if a
1: he'd lived past forty he would have been able to come change to terms, it. Yes, right? maybe.
0: And, and and I will say mm-hmm. one thing that most eugenicists and white supremacists don't do is go and learn about other cultures. Right. And he did do that. So I have to presume that with time would yes. hopefully have come wisdom. Right. But he it's, wrote an essay, he unfortunately died, indicating right. that the salt of the earth are English speaking Anglo-Saxons, a race of mastery and achievement, y'all. <laughs> we fool ourselves every day. <laughs> that is such such nonsense, it's ridiculous. Um and says that white people murdering those of other races is purely natural selection which doesn't seem natural it seems like selection mm. but it doesn't seem very natural to me but yeah it's um yeah they didn't they is. didn't go in to that <laughs> so hey, like
1: the, i said though i'm really i really do think that had he lived longer and had yeah. he been able to absorb the experiences he was learning from these other people yeah he could have changed his
0: attitude, but unfortunately he died very young. I would hope so. He wrote that um, in
1: 1901
0: mm-hmm. um, and so he was born in 1876 so he was 25 yeah, right. we say stupid shit at 25, but even the stupid shit I said right. at 25 didn't involve the genocide of other yeah, uh, of cultures. The, so. the, the
1: problem is that it's now in, this is what we think of when we think about him. Too. I mean, there's the lovely stories about dogs and things, and some very good science fiction, actually. But, um, for the most part, when he gets remembered in a modern, critical way, he's being remembered for these horrible things that he said.
0: Um, Well, I think that's because he's also still being read. He's still part of the canon. People still read Call of Hmm. the Wild in high school or whatever. I have actually... I don't think... Ever I don't think I have ever read a Jack London novel. Uh, I have a degree <laughs> in English right. and I do not think that I have ever read a Jack London novel. I don't think I've have ever you been read asked. To. Short story, so?
1: Um
0: no, I don't think I've ever read any of his writing. Um he's the white fang. The the Right. Yeah. So it might just be um me dodging. Right. <laughs> uh I don't know. I'm sure I've said on this podcast before, but Y'all may not have listened to every episode. Um, my, I have a strange name. Mm. My birth name is a strange name. Uh, that is because my parents were sure that I was a boy and my name was to be William John. Uh, when I was not a boy, they decided not to name me William John, which I appreciate because my grandmother's first name is William, so <sighs> it, it, it was... Who just familially, were not going appropriate to give up, for right? them to go ahead and do that, they did not do that. I yeah. actually like the name William, I don't hate that, but um, and I could have you can shorten it in all kinds of interesting ways, mm-hmm. so um, but but they instead they just found a baby book. But originally, my mother, who was very probably high on something uh wanted to name me white fang terror of the orient armstrong i guess and and she told me that that's what she wanted to name me when i was little like i've known that for a long time yeah. and so i um maybe just have just avoided jack mm. london to avoid the i what would what would we have shortened that to would i have had to be called whitey I believe god so, forbid fang Okay. Ori, uh, what do you... Mm. Some people should not have children. Um. So, <laughs> but yes, but it the house... How good you turned out. The museum was beautiful. Mm-hmm. The land is absolutely gorgeous. Right. It's in Glen Allen, California. It's um, in Sonoma County. Yeah. It is in the Oak Groves. It is stunning.
1: Right.
0: Very quiet. I sat on a couple of benches by myself while you guys continued your hike because I thought I was going to die. And I sat and I closed my eyes and I couldn't even hear birds. It was and the funny so thing is, quiet. And then right. whee! The cicadas. Which we, we were going to the, the, um,
1: the wolf house which is the ruins, of the house that burned down which must have been spectacular.
0: It's where he wrote. It was beautiful. It's where he tended um, to write. Yeah.
1: Well it was where he was going to write because his actual we didn't get to visit his, the actual place where he wrote. Because this house, the wolf house, burned down before he was able to inhabit it. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But um, the uh, as we're walking there, there was this horrible shrieking noise, followed by um, his howling. So we get to the wolf house, and it turns out there's a docent there uh-huh. who's looking up the hill. And we asked her, well, what was that? Was that people? Or was that... She goes, well... It's the sound that turkeys make when a coyote tries to snatch one of them. Oh, oh so There's these... a scuffle about <laughs> right. foot. So it was a lot of weird gobbling screaming, followed by a coyote just howling for dear life and running. So that's... Wow. That's kind of what it was. It was nature. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm sure I just was, you know, mm-hmm. I was on a trail. Right. There weren't a lot of people, but... I'm sure the nature has understood that this is now a people area, well, yes, so they're going to stay, they, clear, uh, stay clear. The person
1: who did, um, who ran the uh, vehicle that goes back and forth. Yeah, the little cart. Um, said that uh, well, he told us that there were rattlesnakes there, there were coyotes, and occasionally a black bear wanders into
0: mm. that area.
1: We are ourselves, you know, when you were driving back, we yes. uh, we nearly hit
0: I didn't nearly, you
1: guys, well, there, deer was, a, you there was a doe, uh-huh.
0: and a, there a was deer, a fawn, and then I was like, is there going to be another one? And everybody was like, no, I think that was it. It's been too long, or is not going to be another mm-hmm. one? So I took my foot off of the brake. I was not accelerating. I didn't even have my foot on the accelerator when you both went, stop! And so I stopped the car, and another fawn went across in front of us. And that one was very close. We could see all of its Bambi spots. Right. It was really... You know what happened to me this morning? Oh, no. As I was driving down San Pablo towards um, Albany? Turkeys. I had to stop my car for turkeys to cross the street. So nature's winning, everybody. (laughs) It it it's fine. I'm fine. I'm good with it. Right. But like, yeah, I was just like, what is going on?
1: Alright. So your weekend went
0: well or oh, your yeah. week went well? Yes, it was good. I, I wish I had had more stamina, but I did what I could do, and mm. I will be able to do more next time. That can always Ta-da! be worked on. Yes. So yeah, it was good. I was glad that we got out of the house. Um I spent this afternoon finishing painting some miniatures because I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh and, yeah, we watched some good TV and good movies, which we will certainly talk about later. Right. One of the good movies we watched is this one. Yes. You get started? Yeah. So we watched Gaslight um, from 1944, mm. not directed as Internet Wants You to Believe by Alfred Hitchcock. This movie was directed by a man named George Cooker. It is a remake of a 1940s British film. Uh, by, I is the same title, mm-hmm. and then that is based on a play called um, I Forgot Something Street. One second, please. It was wrong. The play is also called Gaslight. 1938 play by Patrick Hamilton. So that article that I read originally was full of garbage. So I had bought, brought up an article, um, because I think this is the only piece of media that I can think of that lends that has been that's name has been verbed into like a actual psychological right it's a colloquialism it's what's happening is manipulation right. <laughs> um, but the style of manipulation is used by pop psychologists and self-help help authors a lot and um, but it's become an actual term it's a, a the a p a still refers uh, to it as a colloquialism, but they will right. converse a, about it like it's not in in a, a in a disorders manual or or something like that but yeah. doing this is like what happens to our beautiful and fragile uh protagonist is a form of, um, intimate abuse, mm-hmm. usually in a romantic partnership, in this case, definitely in a romantic partnership, um, and this term is just used, it, yeah, is used, and, and a lot of people don't even know it's based on a movie, like, they don't know why it's called gaslighting, I feel like the movie Spotting tried to, t- <laughs> tried to do the same thing, only it was a little too ham handed and not enough people side, but this is the only movie I can think of that, um, that's name is that now has like... become this successful with creating this sort of term. Yeah, this, this cultural right. touchstone that is so, di- that is now a little bit divorced mm-hmm. from the movie itself. Now, spoiler alert, this movie is fucking awesome. This movie is very good. The whole time we were watching it, my stomach hurt so right. bad. And so maybe
1: that's uh, <laughs> something we should warn people about. Yeah, particularly people who suffered from this kind of relationship. Abuse. You were watching a woman get abused, abused and lied to for the entire length of the film.
0: For the entire length of the film, and the and the and the film mm-hmm. does not overly broadcast the fact that she is being manipulated. Mm. Um, There are looks on our um, antagonist's face occasionally, but we don't see all of his machinations. So there are points where you're like, I mean, maybe she did forget, or maybe she... she, But then we're also clearly seeing Mm. the the titular gaslight lower. Right. But But it gets...
1: Darker. <laughs> yeah, you're also saying, and this is Charles Boyer, who was a very, um, it's a very, all of these actors were just the
0: top talent at the time. Yes, yeah, so the to, the, the yeah. main four actors in this movie are Charles uh, Boyer, um, who is playing, uh, spoiler alert, um, a lying liar who lies, Gregory Anton, whose name is actually Sergeus Bauer. We have Ingrid Bergman who plays Paula Alquist Anton. She does marry this first man. Please note, Ingrid Bergman looks just like her daughter. It is disconcerting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like the fact
0: that you stopped when you first saw her and said something along the lines of Was there a father involved? Was there she a fa- just she looks into this other woman. Exactly. So her daughter is Isabella Rossellini. Uh-huh. Who we have recently seen in Blue Velvet. Right. And uh, she looks just
1: like her there mother. There is a through line. It's... In this very hysterical, almost hysterical performance how gives. much
0: they look. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it was... It's really nice. And I... Have you seen... You've seen this movie before. I, Had, I
1: Once before. When once I was going before. through my period of... Like I said when these films the mgm films first got released to vhs uh-huh i watched all of them. okay just like the hitchcock films gotcha
0: like the you know, what was it i thought was you had shown it? it to me but you didn't watch it with me previously I, don't think so, no. I must have watched it on... i'm pretty sure i watched it on my own i'm pretty sure i'd seen it before mm. but i didn't have strong recollection like i i knew an instantly what was happening mm-hmm. but i don't know if i just knew that because i'm a term i'm a 2022 right. um uh, viewer of a 1944 film. So mm-hmm. a lot of tricks that you may have been able to, you know, pull the wool over a 1944 audience's eyes, mm-hmm. I have seen a thousand times since then because this is a very influential film. Right. Very influential people. Um, so I I thought I remembered you and I watching it together, but if we didn't, then maybe this is the first time that I've seen it. Um, the other players are basically the two staff members of the house uh which are uh nancy oliver is played by angela lansbury she's a tiny tiny baby i mean she's not tiny but she's like so young in this movie is this one of her first roles this is her first her very first role and she's got a cockney accent she's doing a lot of in it (laughs) a lot of a lot of um sort of that stereotypically right. low-class British I remember uh, when I first voice? saw her,
1: the way that she's introduced to the housemaid who's partly deaf. Yes. And I, I remember from when I saw it years ago how irritating her hello was, because it sounded like a parrot.
0: Hello. Hello.
1: And then it's like, she's mostly deaf.
0: Hello. Like well, she just doesn't <laughs> totally. So, yes. Yeah, so, Dame May Whitty... Is Miss Bessie Thwaites... no uh Miss Thwaites is the, is a neighbor, so that's not is the, is yes. the, she's a nosy neighbor. Is Elizabeth Tompkins the house Barbara Everest? The she they have a cook, um who is hard of hearing. At least that is what Everyone is meant to believe, but she seems to know more about what's going on at towards the end, especially, right. than she lets on. And then we have a police officer. You guys, it's a good cop. It's a good cop in this one. It is Britain. And it is the 40s. Uh, Joseph Cotton is playing Brian Cameron, because we're also sli- su- quietly in 1994, Where Brian Cameron is absolutely a character thing, and that's—I mean, those are—that's basically it. You don't. This is a a period
1: piece, even for when the film was made. Yes, Um, because it's uh, because we are being treated to gas rather than electrical lights. Yes, people get places using, I think, mostly hansoms rather than.
0: Yes, automobiles. It's um, so it's it's, carriages and things. Right. Yes, it's very,
1: it, In that respect, it's different from. Um, so we're
0: talking about early, early 1900s or late 1800s. Do you think? I would imagine it would be the l- late 1800s. I'm not sure though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So when the movie starts, there is one scene that I actually, if I were to change something in this movie. Mm-hmm. It would be to get somebody else to play the young Paula. First of all, I'm going to have trouble calling her Paula. Ingrid Bergman is a stunningly beautiful woman. And I just can't. Not that there's no beautiful Paula's, because that's not, that's obviously not true. I cannot right. get her that name on that face. I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. I can't. And you like the way he says her name. Paula. Pula. 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 You are a mad woman, Paula. <laughs> there was, yeah, I used to,
1: Fred Moore, who uh, I, I mentioned here before, who was really my mentor in the bookselling business. Um, and he. I mentioned too also that he worked in Hollywood for quite a while. Mm as an extra and as a stunt man and all these other things, but he used to do a really great impersonation of Paul Charles Boyer from this movie. From this movie, yeah. Hey, you were in Mad hold up. Hold up. Hold up.
0: <laughs> Yeah, he does say her name in like in his throat. Right, right. I feel like we're jumping all around. So let's start with there is an opening scene. Mm-hmm. It is a cold open. Right. It is a. It is the same Ingrid Bergman we're going to see later, Mm -hmm. and there is not a title card splitting this from the other, which is why I didn't understand how much time had passed. Mm. Um, And there's another thing with the neighbor that I was like, that doesn't make sense. Um, But she is getting into a carriage, and she is distraught, and a man gets in next to her and basically gives us this little uh, piece of exposition, which is uh, your aunt died. You'll now go live in Italy and train with her um, trainer. Because uh, she was a singer. Because she's a an, she's a very famous opera singer. She'd been murdered in her home, and and this was her ward, her her mm. uh, niece, and um, she will now go to Italy to live with. Um, and study under the the trainer that trained her, um, which I would also assume like is a mentor to her aunt. um, And that, that, so we we know that Paula's was living with her aunt, has no other family is now being shipped shipped from London to, uh, to Italy to study. And with yes. And that's it. And mm-hmm. then we open, and she is in a lesson mm-hmm. with a teacher of singing. It says on the door, teacher of, teacher of singing. And I was like, "Isn't he in Italy? Why does? Why is that in English?" <laughs> it still bothers me. I'm sure it's because this was for an English o- audience, but I can't let it go. And um she finishes her piece. She starts having a back and forth conversation with the teacher. At which point, the pianist stands, and I was like, "This dude is rude as hell." He's like, "If you guys are done, if you're gonna not talk like sing anymore, can I go?" Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're like, "Yeah, fine, go." And so he leaves. He like fucks off out of there. And I was like, "Good fuck him. He was a dick." It took me twenty more minutes to realize that he was our fucking antagonist. Mm -hmm. Like. Cause he was just such an like a smug asshole when he stood up and he was like, like I'm gonna I am i do not need to sit here for whatever this is. Can I go? Right. And he is excused. And, and I this was is like,
1: Mister uh, Guardi, who is saying to her that she lacks
0: not just musical well, skills. well. So once the pianist right. leaves, yes, this is the I te- I don't even care what his name was. The teacher, her, her. He's mm-hmm. only in this one scene. The singing teacher, just like she's like. You know, don't sugarcoat it. I don't have the talent, and he's like, actually, it's not just that you are happy and you can't sing sadness when you're happy. I mean, some people probably can. It is called acting. She just doesn't have it in her, and um, so she's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not sing anymore. I'm gonna figure out something else to do. Because she's this is not very really wealthy at this point. Yes, she has gotten all, she of all of her aunts, wealth. Her aunt's yeah, wealth, uh, most of which is chilling back at number nine, Thornton that's the address don't worry about it and um see her leaving the singing teacher and meet up with a young man Uh, he was not that young and also um i did so then i'm confused like that was my confusion was how much time has passed what's going on it turns out it's been a decade Uh but ingrid bergman looks like ingrid bergman they look the same i wish that they had gotten a child in that first scene, okay. because she would have been like thirteen or
1: something. There's a very when you look at the Wikipedia cast list, it lists Terry Moore as playing the fourteen year old Apollo. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Not and in whatever it we watched.
1: Very much as if that's Ingrid Bergman in a like a wig that's meant to straighten her hair and, and um, Well, I
0: thought she, I just thought she was dressed. I thought she had a black, like she was all in black because she was mourning, right? And but, she was crying, but. I'm sorry. There's no way that wasn't Ingrid Which is really Bergman. really puzzling. Uh, and I can't
1: remember. Um, I know Terry Moore, the actress. Not personally, of course, but I known her career. Right. Um, and I'm like, I don't think she looks so much like Ingrid Bergman where I'd be convinced that she was Ingrid
0: Bergman. No, I think that it's possible that they hired her to do that mm-hmm. and then it didn't work out for whatever reason or... Maybe the fucking film got ruined. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of. It's entirely happen. possible that they shot this one scene. She went on to have to do something else because she was only in this. Literally, right. the scene is two minutes long. Not even, I don't think, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had to reshoot it with right. with Ingrid Bergman yeah, because it is it is very confusing because there is no like there's a there's a a full fade to black right. and we come back in the, in in Italy but there is no indication of how much time has passed and um and we and then we see her go and she's meeting up with this man who it is her pianist <laughs> which i did not know until later i'll think i'll tell you when i figured it out it was really you guys it was it was not very bright of i'm not very smart so I'm sorry about all of that um and they've had this whirlwind romance they are in love they are going to get married and he tells her of this dream that he's had to live in London on, in one of those fancy houses on a square. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's silly, he says. And she's like, oh, so I? Well, before that happens, she meets him,
1: right? They part company. He's going to give her two weeks while she goes on vacation.
0: Oh, is that that's right? That's and after. This is the reason why that's, oh, that's important. Right. Is
1: that this is where on the train she meets her neighbor. This
0: is okay. Yes. Her
1: nosy nosy neighbor.
0: So she is going on vacation, right. and then that's when she meets Miss Thwaites, mm-hmm. who's like, "Hey, they're going to like Lake Como right. in Italy." Mm. She is a, a Londoner, and and obviously Ingrid Bergman' is, her character is right. British. Um And they talk about. The uh, where this woman lives, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, Paula knows that neighborhood. And this woman talks about how they're they're like a family. They go around to each other's homes, you know. And we look in on each other, this, that, and the other. And the whole time, I'm like, well, then why don't you know who this girl is, mm-hmm. like? If she looked like... I know, because I saw the opening scene, that she looked like this Mm -hmm. when she left. If you guys were so buddy-buddy and you've been there for, you know, decades, how do you not know that this girl is that girl? Now, granted, you're in a different time and space and whatever. Right, and she was also, according to the story, um,
1: she... Paula was 14 when she was 14. I knew right. she was very and young, she's and now 40s. she's 24. Right. right, it's been
0: it's been a decade. That's why I need a different actress because because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have 10 years later, Right. and I didn't have a different actress. It seems like it could have been you know two years. Right. You're not gonna you're not gonna forget that face in two years. I'm sorry, you're just not. Well, she needs her.
1: We also found out that uh, Mrs. Thwaite, is that her name? Thwaites, yes. Is very curious about the murder that happened of yes. Paula's aunt, and Paula wants to shy away from the subject. Yeah, she doesn't want to talk but about Mrs. it. Mrs. Thwaites is obsessed. With, she's one of the... She's a busybody. She's, she's
0: one of she's the that you quintessential that in an
1: Agatha Christie story that just kind of accidentally solves murders because she's so nosy huh. that she gets involved in everyone's business and unravels everything. The
0: truth is, those women end up killed. You guys... Those women end up dead. Uh, Robert Durst cuts them into little pieces. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they get to. They, fortunately for Paula, they get to Lake Cuomo. She gets off the train then. Who's waiting for her? george because he loves her and he couldn't be away from her and he hopes this is okay even though she explicitly says i need to get away from you for a little while to make sure that i'm doing the right thing and so as soon as she gets off the train where is he he's right there because of course he is because y'all he's an abuser (laughs) he's an abusive person now he is using her to get something we Mm -hmm. find out later even if that wasn't the case, this behavior is not okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: huh. And and there's a I don't know, we'll discuss that after we've discussed the main plot because there are some interesting points where you're questioning whether or not he actually loves her at all or whether this was and it's interesting how it plays out, because he does have moments where well, anyhow, let's go.
0: Going back to the story. Uh, so okay, I have thoughts on that. I didn't mm. think that that was even a question. So mm-hmm. that's wild to me that you think it's a question. So I can't wait to have have that conversation. So, but she's excited that he's there because she loves him, mm-hmm. and that is when.
1: That's when they have the conversation. He after, says, "I've oh,
0: always wanted. Yeah. I've always wanted to live in London." Da 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 da. And she's like, "Ooh, I can make that happen." And so they move into her dead aunt's house. She found her aunt at fourteen, stabbed yes. in in the drawing room, and which is on the second floor. Man, the second floor. And um, like there is a scene where she pulls down. Right,
1: they revisit the square. They they come back to number nine. Yeah, and
0: um, everything is as it was. Right. it was just covered and left. Right. And, and and now she owns Paula owns it. Right, except in the eight, if it's late eighteen hundreds early nineteen hundreds, George owns it. Um, Gregory, you mean? Oh yeah, Gregory. I'm sorry. I Keep calling him George. It's yeah, okay. Gregory, that's right. Gregory. Something Better than Max. Max, not that dude. And uh she doesn't like having and when she pulls a um like a cover off of a painting, and you, you uh-huh. he does respond to that. she doesn't see it. it's behind her. Um, but he is shocked by the the visage of her her aunt, right. if you find out why later. And um he's like, "Well, let's just pack all this stuff. We're, we have stuff coming, we own things. Right. Uh, let's pack all your uh grandmother's or your your aunt's things and put them put it all in the attic." where she had kept all of her tour stuff, and all of her costumes, like there's a ton of stuff, of Mm. her stuff up in the attic, they're gonna put everything up in the attic. Um, And then they're gonna seal it off, and she's never gonna have to think about it again, which is a wild decision, because that was definitely worth some stuff, you should sell it, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, There's a reason he doesn't want to sell it, and we'll get to it later, because it's not money that he's after, exactly. And right when they get there, um, she's going through. Oh, she doesn't want to get rid of the piano. Mm. This is when he sits and plays the piano. Right. And I'm like, oh, he's the pianist from the school. Because I'm dumb, you guys. Uh, So that's how they had met. And she also finds. She opens a book of Uh music and she finds a letter. From somebody named, was it? Sergius Bauer. Sergius Bauer, and when Gregory hears that, he loses his fucking mind. He she like snaps, snaps at her. her. He rips it out of her hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he says, "Oh, I just don't want to see you upset by these bad memories." What a dick! Well, there's also something, <laughs> <else> <laughs> and this is when my scene. stomach starts going. Right. You also learned
1: that scene that she had a pair of gloves.
0: Her aunt? Yes, her aunt had a pair of gloves. Uh She only has one now because she gave the other one to a suitor that she would never discuss. It's a lovely little story. It turns out to be very sweet. It's very sweet. And then things just start amping up. So he starts planting these ideas in her head that she is forgetful. Oh, you're always losing things, he says. And she's like, I am? And he's like, Of course, but I love that about you. Y'all, she does not always lose things. But she he says he primes with this mm-hmm. idea, and then he gives her this cameo that was from his mother and says, But I don't want you to forget I don't want you to lose it, I don't want you to lose it. So we're gonna put it in your bag. I'm going to put it right here. And we see him drop it into the bag. Right. Y'all, you know, He slide a hand at that shit. Then they go out to the Tower of London. Oh, we have to talk for a second. Her outfits are stellar yes. in this movie. <laughs> she looks amazing. And they go to the Tower of London... And she goes to pull the brooch out because Mm -hmm. she wants to put it on while they're learning about the beheadings. I don't know why now is when she decides to do it, but she does and she can't find it. And she's like, oh, no, I've lost it. Oh, no, oh, no. Um, And. Then there's a picture on the wall that keeps getting put behind a statue on the staircase and then, and he keeps saying, "Well, what did you do with like?" And he he's so strict with her and stern with her when she does the slightest little thing that she is now like afraid to she's do anything. She's apprehensive about doing anything, and he's and also she's he's also hired two women right. to basically babysit her, right. but they're he's seeding them with all of these issues, these um these thoughts about her as well like right. he's i think he hired the cook because she can't hear very well right so she won't listen and on he's smart enough to know at least that the servants she hear everything that you to fucking say so she also goes to bed at early. night the
1: gas flickers which in a gas household means that somebody else is in the home turning the gas, turning on, the the gas on yeah but um she, he hires a partially deaf woman who will be in bed by the time this happens
0: and then uh nancy who he is seducing actively he is kind of she's also trying to seduce him back there's a little bit of a what can i get out of this relationship that she has she's also hooking up with different cops on the beat or whatever Mm -hmm. she's like living her whole ass life it's fine but she he plants these seeds of your mistress isn't well and she's you know right. she's nervous and she and and she forgets she's high strung she's high strung Yes, yes. and constantly feeding these in, into the um the the servants and then is forcing her uh, paula to call the servants for things that she doesn't feel comfortable calling the servants for and then mm-hmm. berating her and sort of so what what so one so what happens in one scene is um she wants to put some coal no, he wants to put some coal on the fire and she's like, Okay, I'll do that. You, it's literally picking up a piece of coal out of this bucket with these tongs and putting them on the fire, right? That and she's like, I can do that. That's not yeah. hard so she goes to do it and he's like how many times have I told you you call Nancy to do that what do you think the servants are for why are you so afraid that to, to, to ask them for anything now she thinks Nancy hates her uh which she might or she yeah. might just not know how to control her face right. um and then when she call, she does ring, you know pull the cord to call the servants then he makes her say well, what did you want from her like he says to her in front of nancy what did you want and then she feels being stupid saying mm. more coal on the fire and nancy's like you could i mean yes that is my job but also you totally fucking could have done that yourself She's like of course and she goes to do it and then he like berates paula for wanting coal on the fire. like it's it's fucked he creates
1: up. a situation where she can't win. She can't win. No. And he also keeps her very isolated in her yeah.
0: house. And like every time mm. she thinks to go out, so she wants to go outside. She's got these servants, specifically Nancy, but I'm sure the other one does it too. Saying, no. "Well, what do I tell them? Tell the master if he comes back while you're out." Because
1: he does leave the house. He where the does house. he go?
0: He go. He has an office. He's right. got another place where he's writing music.
1: That's. He's a composer as well. So that's that's his thing. Um, he's composing horrible lies to tell her, for for one. Um, but he's convinced Paula that she's a kleptomaniac.
0: Yes, that she steals things. Off. First of all, I don't know how you could be a kleptomaniac in your own fucking house. Guess what? She owns that painting that keeps go- going missing, so she can do what, right. with it whatever the fuck she wants. But she doesn't have that same attitude. Right. Um, yes, yeah, she she's com- convinced him that. She, she's stealing things uh and doing all of these sort of nonsensical little things. Right. Um and then she has no recollection of them, but then he berates her for just not admitting to doing these things. Of course she's not doing any of these things. And and the the gaslighting, the the thing that sort of perpetually is happening every night Mm -hmm. is as she's getting ready for bed the light in her room dips now there's not supposed to be anybody else nancy will be in the room with her uh the other servant will be asleep according to nancy or whatever and her husband will have be will be out working at his um studio composing because he can't do it at home because he needs it to be quiet and I'm like it seems pretty fucking quiet in this house it's not like she's blasting a phonograph or whatever all the time I don't it's it's, mm -hmm." and so she'll ask Nancy oh did you just turn on a light in the other room and Nancy will say no I didn't and she's asleep. Like, you didn't see this. Even though Nancy's in the room. She's like, she is complicit, but I'm not sure why she... To what degree she's complicit. Yeah. Although there is a later scene that
1: seems to suggest that she wants to become the mistress of the house.
0: Right. But if you don't know his whole plan mm. to, agree, or to say, no, it, the gas isn't dipping. Like, the light right. didn't change in here. Why are you doing... Why are you lying to her if you don't know that the plan is to make her doubt herself?
1: I always assume that Nancy's just really mean-spirited and this is a kind of a game for her.
0: Maybe. And Um, maybe maybe she does see that he's manipulating her and is like, I'll get in on that. There's also um, the footsteps. That's the other thing, yes. It's not just... The the gas dipping. It's also footsteps in the attic, which is boarded up. Mm. So it turns out, you guys, you guys, he's not leaving to go to work at another place because he's going around and up and into the skylight and into the attic. And he is looking in the least like... Um that's what I want. Efficient <laughs> way through her aunt's belongings. Right. Um now, and this some... is about when we have to introduce the now, the cop.
1: Now the cop has been around early in the film and you don't know what his motivation
0: is. No. Nope. We just see him in a hat. Right. Just looking
1: and
0: Not as not as um unsettling as uh the person in What's the other thing with, a with a... Is it Rebecca? Was it in Rebecca? I'm yeah. Sure. No. I gotta look at our list. Uh, Dr. Jekyll,
1: excuse me, Dr. Jekyll.
0: Um, <sighs> no but Dorian Gray it was Dorian Gray it was the brother in Dorian oh, Gray where right. you're just seeing this guy and you're like what's he right. doing
1: <laughs> well, part of that is because it's Joseph Cotton and he's very charming and sweet
0: also he is a British cop with no, no British accent accents. I'm like is why? he and I was a little bit high when we were watching this movie maybe that's why I didn't recognize the pianist I don't know but I was like when he started talking I'm like he doesn't have an accent right <laughs> 'Cause we've been in the accents, especially like Nancy's mm-hmm. accent. Right. And uh you're like, Nope. <laughs> he does not.
1: Um, I think that he his first real encounter with her is when he sees her being walk she's walking with her husband, he sees um Paula and he tips his hat and Gregory immediately becomes very jealous.
0: Like he she, loses his mind. Right. Yeah and uh, he has no chill no as as meticulous as his manipulation of this woman is and he mm-hmm. has it planned out and he does things over time if you cross him he cannot keep his shit together he right. is so ready to fly off of every fucking handle at any moment it's bonkers yeah yeah
1: he um He questions Paula as to who this young man is. Who is that? He says, because he's walking his niece, I think his nephew, through the square. Yes. And he's like, well, he goes and speaks to his superiors at Scotland Yard and said, you know, I I thought I saw a ghost. She looks like... She looks like her aunt, right? Her aunt. And then you discover that a little bit later on, but I mean, it's relevant to say it now. She's the, he's the secret admirer who as a... Twelve-year-old boy or yes. ten-year-old boy came to visit his uh her aunt, uh-huh. and she gave him the other glove. The and he other was glove. just thunderstruck yes. that yes. she did this. So that becomes a very sweet kind of yes connection story yeah. for him. Yeah, because he really had a huge crush on her aunt, and when she died, this is kind of what convinced him to become a police
0: officer. Yeah, and he's like, I never think found the guy. something is going on right. with this, Um and that is cemented at the scene that you have the most trouble with, which is she decides, finally, I'm going to this party. Right. Even though... and he keeps... ugh. Just every conversation is so hard to watch. Just... I don't know if it's because I'm a woman... or if I'm just, like, overly sensitive to romantic manipulation. But the way that he speaks to her is just, like, it's, it makes me physically sick. When the
1: author of the play wrote this, he had suffered from some sort of horrible incidences in his own life, including being hit by a car. Oh, Jesus. And he wound up paralyzed on one side, and he was suffering a great deal. And whatever he came up with, and the, the, it was written as a play. Yeah. That play itself, the screenplay, was written by, uh, I think, John Balderston, who wrote Dracula. Oh, wow. The Dracula uh, play that we... Uh, and film, subsequently, that we saw Yeah, that
0: was the original, yeah.
1: Um, yep. He really nails the kind of language and the methods that this kind of guy would use. Yeah, it's... To an uncanny extent. Because it's... it's so,
0: maybe it's because it's so realistic. Yeah, it is. And it's so deeply cruel uh-huh. the way that he speaks to her. Um and the fact that she has no defenses against it. Like right. it's really,
1: really hard well, to watch. We see in the very beginning that she's very deeply in love with him. Yes. And he keeps pushing for that to happen. It's like he won't give her the time to have these two weeks off to No. To they've think only about been
0: it. together for two weeks. She wants two weeks to just mm. be like Am I still me? Right. Which is a perfectly reasonable thing if you're about to marry somebody you haven't known for very long. Like, right. She is. She is cognizant enough to go. uh, The hormones, the serotonin. Like my brain is. Just bathed in chemicals that may be making I may be making bad decisions, and of course he also knows that maybe not the technical terms and things, which is why he gives her zero a train ride and nothing else. But the it's constantly like she'll say what she wants and he will put his foot down, and then as soon as she acquiesces it's (laughs) all you had to do was say it was important to you and it's like she's just and she's just like i did say that so and sometimes he changes his mind with no other interventions Mm -hmm. sometimes he changes it his tone it's not he's changing his mind. He's just changing his tone and what he's telling her because yeah. somebody else is in the he room is, to make her look foolish or confused. He's or very quick
1: on his feet. <sighs> and that's kind of, to his credit, Charles Breyer gives an amazing...
0: Ooh, I want to punch him in his
1: face so he, bad. And he also has this look of utter disdain for her.
0: That's Yes, that's the other you thing. Is do, you see this right. look of love on her face and this look of absolute... Like disgust, Disgust. She's a child, it is and he's disgust. dealing with his child. And disgust is a tough... Right. Thing. Disgust is a really interesting psychological mm-hmm. um, emotion um, uh, that I could talk about for a long time. It turns out the more disgust you feel in uh, get, uh, right. t- towards certain things, the more likely you are to be a conservative-leaning um I personally the the feeling disgust does not really read, like there's not a thing a human can do to me that's really disgu- like I disgusting mm-hmm. like I don't see people that way some of this behavior borders on what right. i would consider disgusting you know what i mean um you know i think um certain textures are disgusting that's where my disgust lot lives moist. it doesn't but but even that doesn't look, yeah. the word disgust is right. it's serious right and if you legitimately feel a disgust that's a hatred that's a Hard and fast hatred of something. So
1: when we see him put that expression on -hmm. his face, and these two these two actors, Mm -hmm. he and Bergman, work so well together. They
0: really do. I hope that they got along in real life.
1: I I hope so, too. I mean, I really do. And he
0: is significantly older than she is. He'd need to be for the plot, y'all. But, yeah, I hope that when they yelled cut, right they laughed together and hugged like because i can't imagine being on, being her on right. this set well, and that's kind of i also can't he's a good actor because i don't know how you look at that face uh-huh. with that look on your face right. she is Otherworldly yes. looking, she is one of the most spectacular looking humans that have ever existed. <laughs> right. And so to have a look of disgust on your face when you're looking at her, like that's some good fucking acting.
1: <laughs> a, yeah, she is.
0: There's a the scene that that really disgusted you. me. Yes, yeah, is when. But finally, she's like, she right. puts on a dress, she, and she's like, "I'm going to a party. You don't want to come? Fucking it, fine. I'll see." It's like literally across the street. Right. It's she's, not it's far. It's another
1: party at the square. It was a woman who was a friend of her aunt. Yes, she wants to go there because she wants to hear this live music and pay her
0: respects. Right. And, yes.
1: And as she, and she
0: loves live music. She loves music. Right.
1: And so as she goes, which is probably why she's married to to Gregory. Right. Um, Right at the sort of height of her enjoying this, he tells her,
0: My pocket watch
1: watch is missing. My pocket watch is missing. Where did you put my pocket watch? And he just puts it on her.
0: And that scene. And she just is like, And she can't. Stop herself yeah. from just saying no. Like in the middle right. of a concert performance in a in a drawing room, say small, intimate. Right. The musician is as far from me from her as you are from me, mm-hmm. and she just no, I didn't. I swear, I didn't. And right. everybody turns to look at them, and she is humiliated in front of and everyone. she runs
1: out, and he immediately turns to the woman who invited her to the, the event in the first place. And very coolly says, "Well, she's obviously not well no. yet, so I'm going to have to take her back home. Thank you so." Much. And she he plays it so cool. With just everyone
0: Just puts it on onto her a hundred percent. Does mm. that does not and no, but except just mm. Cotton is there. Our right. our good police officer uh, Inspector Cameron is there watching. Yes, and has seen this interaction, and is like. Mm-mm.
1: He knows, and again, as we've said, he's, he's told a superior he wants to investigate the case because he believes that something is definitely wrong, although he can't understand exactly what it is. Um, their way in is that he finds a, a handsome uh, police officer with a very kind of Victorian mustache. Yes, yes. Who uh, then becomes the new officer on the beat who... Ivy immediately—it's Ivy. I no, remember. Nancy. Nancy. Ivy's the character she plays in the other film. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> Nancy uh, immediately attaches herself to him, and the two of them start working out all the details. The police officer and the guy from Scotland Yard as to No, something really
0: is something wrong. Something is there. going on we in can't this house because Nancy is is basically. Um, mm. What's the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, gossiping about her employer. Right. And then, yeah, he's feeding it back in. And there's a
1: very creepy... He brings her back to her house and then announces that he's going to have her looked at by a doctor. And then he goes, two doctors, because that's the necessary number. Two it?
0: doctors <laughs> is the necessary number to and have her like, committed. Oof, that... Which is so scary. That's the other thing. Stop. Pit of my stomach. Pain. Right. Because this happened. This happened. This happened a lot. (laughs) And it fucking sucks. Um, So that's the other thing. I'm like, I know I'm watching a movie and I know that this isn't true. But this is absolutely 100% true. There were women who were lobotomized across this country because they were inconvenienced. And it sucks. Um, And then... Um, you know, it keeps sort of continuing, continuing, and then the police officer comes one night. Does he try and intercept...
1: No, he goes because the... The um, the actual Bobby who's carrying on the romance yes. with with uh, Nancy yeah. says, "You know, I ran into him last night.
0: Oh, and it was covered he's in covered in dust, dust and
1: dirt. His ties moved to one side, so that just sets off.
0: Yeah, it didn't look like he'd been in a fight. No, it looked like he'd been rum- rummaging, rum- rummaging around in right. a cellar, is what he is said, but so it isn't a cellar, that y'all. Immediately, <laughs> sets he's like, oh. Cameron he's oh, camera off to the.'" Because what we what we have seen in some Scotland Yard mm-hmm. um, scenes with the police officer is there was a thought that the aunt had been killed for her jewels. Right,
1: and we, we there we are four jewels very early that she was um, romanced or perhaps in a relationship with one of the crown princes of Russia.
0: Yes, right. And that he gave her these gifts. Basically, the was cr- was crown jewels. Like, right. really, really big, I mean, like, famous right. jewels. And the first thing that them we get
1: that Gregory is into this is when he visits the, cr- the, the Tower of London. Yes, they, that's and it. he's obsessive overlooking at these jewels the jewels. Yeah, he's just like his eyes are almost glowing it's a really interesting scene yeah he's just he's so talking she about she can't find the cameo right. and it's a whole thing their yeah. luster and their beauty and the way they shine and, and yeah
0: like, what's the issue and and they're like well what would like they there was a a feeling around the murder when it was originally mm-hmm. um being investigated and of course it's cold case out they don't they never found who did it um that she was murdered because she stumbled upon someone who was in her home looking for these jewels, and they have never been recovered. Um, and the the thought, too, is like, well, they're so big and famous, How, what would they do with them?
1: Right. It's like, are you going to fence them? Or are you going to sell them? And it turns out that's not the case, which is why Serges Bauer was attaching himself to Alice, which yeah. is, you know, um, Paula's aunt to go looking for these jewels and this is where he's spending his
0: nights in the attic above as you've said yes so he cameron yes cameron um goes ahead and let's see um goes and visits him um she she they have an interaction and she says, you know, my husband goes out every night or something. And so nice. he knows her husband goes out every night. So he calls on her at one night and um, he's able to get past Nancy, who is like a bulldog, not letting anybody in. Miss Thwaites keeps trying to get in. She would really like to see nice. this house and the place where the murder happened because she's a busybody. And he goes in and he basically breaks it down for her and is like... Um, I think that your husband is this other dude, and she recognizes the name, right? Sergius Bauer, because it was on the letter, letter, which he has said didn't exist, that it was a figment of her, that, that letter that she had found that day one was a figment of her imagination, and it has gone missing. It's not, it's nowhere to be found. So she then also thinks it's a figment of her imagination, and, um he brings her the the glove so to give her right context i guess and help her trust him which works um and then he like he realizes that the lights are flickering that the light goes back up right. so which means he that that um Sir Greg, Sir Gregory, Gregory yes, Greg. is upstairs but he's about to leave and so the, his time there is short so he's gotta go on the way out he tells the uh cook who is still up you know our uh, our non-hearing servant uh don't tell anybody i was here <laughs> no matter who asked don't tell him i was there and he says what she says what about the master and he's like look he won't be back again um but he is back he does come back um but and at that point he basically accosts paula and is like oh because she has he he um the cop had opened um the, his, drawer. the drawer of his desk right. and they had found the letter so she's like i wasn't crazy i'm not crazy he told me i was crazy he told me i made this up but it's right here i'm looking at it. it's mm-hmm. in my hands you're seeing it like and she's like regaining some of her right um, self-belief, I guess, at this point. Um, it's unclear, too, how long this has gone on. Um, it feels like it's been about six months, but like I said, we see one scene of this dude in the attic, and he is so haphazard looking for shit. He just, mm-hmm. like, opens a random drawer, he pulls out a knife, he stabs it into the back of us chair he's like digging up over here like if he had just organized the room and gone item by item he probably would have fucking found a thing so he turns off the light which is when we see the light flicker downstairs and it's their their notice to like uh, something's coming something's coming he goes up his ladder that he has to get in and out of this attic with because he's going out through a skylight which seems very unsafe very wet in london i feel like you're gonna fall off a roof i would be too too. sad about it and as he's up there and he looks down he sees a glint and he finds these jewels now like i said it's unclear how much time has passed Mm. it's probably been at least three months um could be a year the time in this movie is very wibbly wobbly like it's not very clear Um, but he is found in this dress the stones have been um, sewn into the bodice of this dress and it's the same dress that is in the painting that we saw originally Right, Um, the same dress
1: that she wore when she was doing these performances
0: and the the idea that was said later is it's genius because she can Flaunt them to the man who knows right. what they are, but everyone else would think because this bodice is covered in paste to jewelry right. and four very big, very real stones. Yes. Um, but he leaves the does he leave it down? He does he leave it in the attic? I believe he leaves it in the attic. He finds it, and he it tries leaves, to pry yeah. him out, but he can't, so he leaves it because he's like, This is it, yeah. I'm good. And at this point, his plan is to go ahead and bring two doctors over, get her committed so he can right. do what he does in the in daytime. He doesn't have to sneak around at night and, and you know, in this dusty-ass attic, he can just search yeah, the and house. he doesn't have to anymore because he now knows where they are. Well, now, yes. So now he's, he's there. So he goes downstairs and he finds his um, desk open and she's like... Um, no, a police officer came. Like she's explaining what had actually happened, and he questions the cook. And she's like, "Nope, don't, don't. don't nobody came here." But at the same time, giving Which me is this rough.
1: really hard her,
0: like, "I know, yes, like I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing, and I'm lying to your fucking face right now, just like you've been doing this I'm whole lying time." To protect and her. she, but she looks crestfallen because she's like, Paula. Yeah, Paula oh. does because she's hearing the cook basically say, Nope, there was mm-hmm. no man here. Just, which is a protection of her, but it doesn't feel like a protection. And she's just like, Oh God, I am, I, I'm, I'm. I'm losing my mind. Like, I am insane. Like, she, <laughs> she starts believing it, right. at which point uh, Cameron shows up and he's like, wait, does my being here make you feel any better? <laughs> and she's like... <gasps> and he has the stones in the bodice. He has gone up. He has, right. he has backtracked and gone up into the attic to prove all of this. And he's like, we know who you are. Um. And then, like... Yeah, there's a... There's, like, a big
1: fight, but yeah. I can't
0: remember how it...
1: Well, what happens is that there's a fight... Um... Oh,
0: he chases them up into the attic. Right. And then the Bobby comes after. Right, the two and of them together. The two of them together, and, and, and um, his name at this point will be Sergius, right, mm-hmm. um, are all up the, And you hear, <laughs> and you're like, oh, who's going to come out? But then... Cameron comes out. Right. Now, mind you, the
1: other two come out with really bruised faces, which I thought was kind of
0: funny. Like, everyone comes out of this really kind of because messed up really <laughs> They really fucking right. went for it. Plus, we knew that there was a knife up there. We, we know that there's a knife up there because mm-hmm. we'd seen him use it. Right. It comes into play later, but um, that doesn't come into play. Yeah. And he comes in and he's like, We're going to take him away. He He is the man who killed your aunt. He was looking for these jewels he's married so you are not married to him right. which is unfortunately she had to fuck him but now at least she doesn't have to have this right um legal battle because he he polygamized right so he is not right. legally able to marry her so she doesn't have to get a divorce which could have been not granted by the courts because <sighs> Women don't get to do anything. Um, and and then there is the best scene in the movie. Finally, my stomach didn't hurt. And she, but she goes in, and she says, she goes up, and she's like, I want to see him. She goes in, and he is tied to a chair. Mm-hmm. And he's. she's like, I want to talk to him alone. And they're like, uh, no. no. <laughs> absolutely not. And she's mm-hmm. like, uh, but I do, so get the fuck out. And Cameron is like, yeah, let's go. Let's give her some time. I know he is standing on the stairs outside, fucking just listening, right? And she... This scene... Did she win the Academy Award for this? Because... The performance in this scene is gorgeous. so. Yeah, she won. Yeah, she she deserved to win. She he tries to say, but I love you, you know. This is this is all a mistake, you know. You need someone to take care of you, all of this stuff, and he says, you know, there is a knife in the drawer over there. Cut me free, uh-huh. and w- we'll leave together or whatever, and she just turns everything right. around. And this is like you said, the scene you wanted in Rebecca, where she gets to this is, yes assert herself. And she's just like, um, first of all, she finds the cameo. She finds the original cameo. It's up there, too. And then she finds the knife, but she's like, but there is no knife because I must be mad. Right. Uh, this couldn't be a knife. Um, and, and like, she just turns around because I'm mad because I'm mad. Oh. I can't help you because I'm a mad woman. I, you, th- none of this is even happening. This is all in my head because I'm mad. And, like, and he's looking at her like, oh, I might have maybe pushed her a little well, too fucking one far. Of the, one of the things that he
1: did, I mean, one scene that really is like a gut punch is when he tells her, now, her mother disappeared very early. We don't know anything about her mother. Yes,
0: we don't know anything about her and mom. so
1: he tells her that her mother died in an asylum. And the noise that she makes, like this yes. cry and whimper at the same time, is heartbreaking. You're like, oh, God, he didn't... Even if it was true, you didn't tell her this. But he admits no, yeah. now...
0: Yes. Oh no! I made that up. Because she's like, well, but I have madness in me because my mother was mad. And he's like, no, 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 no. I I made that up. That that's not true. Your mother was not mad. And she's just like, he, she he admits basically to everything that all of her self doubt was not real because mm. it's, um, you know he he made her think all of it and, um. Yeah, and then this is, yeah. Then she ends it with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it because it's so good. If I were not mad, I could have helped you. Whatever you had done, I could have pitied and protected you. But because I am mad, I hate you. Because I am mad, I have betrayed you. And because I am mad, I am rejoicing in my heart without a shred of pity, without a shred of regret, watching you go with glory in my heart. <laughs> So right. fucking good. She just like destroys him. Mm-hmm. And finally, a little bit of disgust on her face right. as she looks at him. And then she goes out like she leaves. She's like, take him away. <laughs> you know I mean? exactly. <laughs> and then. We're basically left with he gives her her jewels back, and then the the, Cameron does, and then he's basically like, Anything you need? and I'm like, Get with that police officer, he's so nice. And mind you, in the (laughs) meantime, while all this is going on, things I'll never say again, y'all. Mrs. Flake creeps (laughs) into the house, creeps into the house. Finally, she gets in because all this stuff stuff is happening upstairs, and she sees them and she's like, Ah. yeah well wow. but that it's like a four minute scene right with her and him at the end she won the academy award which she just just takes she won the golden globe back um he was nominated for best actor and did not win. It mm. was nominated for best Picture, but it did not win that year um but yeah, she won the golden Globe she won the academy award for that she she is Dunning, she didn't win the New York Film Crit- Critics Circle Award that year, which is wild. Um, what what did they do? Uh, Tallulah Bankhead and Lifeboat. Well, that was a good performance, too. <laughs> was it say. more... That's the thing. I don't think... It, the she, trouble with this performance right. is she's very good for the whole time. I don't think it's on the same level because she's playing she a different kind of really character. she really has the one scene right. that where she just takes her power back. Um, because she plays, you know, happy and in love and then mm-hmm. confused and scared. And then she has this one powerhouse scene. Right. The one... Honestly... Good enough to me, but I have not seen this in the movie.
1: (laughs) Watching Chalala Bankhead, she plays a bored socialite on a lifeboat and she gets character, but it's not, it does not have the. It doesn't have the one big peak. (laughs) Not the one, because it's not one big peak, because you're seeing her. I mean, I'll politely disagree. Okay. It's like she starts as this one, you see her evolve, and it's not like it's. You see, uh, she's. Hall's character is making a progression throughout the entire film. And when it gets to that end, and she really does have the scene before, which is a scene about opening his desk, which is also her being defiant, and then her kind of wilting.
0: Yep. And then when she comes back... But I didn't open it. I didn't open it. He keeps saying, well, who opened it? Well, I didn't open it, which is true. She did not open it. The man opened it. And she doesn't ever give up his name. She just says the man, the right. man, the man opened it, the man that was here. And then, of course, the the, the, the kitchen maid says, uh, no man here. Right. And so
1: that scene <laughs> works out really well for me. And then there's just that. The, it's, yeah, it's more than the one good scene because there are scenes in the film where you're just sad about what she's going through, and Ingrid Bergman has it written all over her. It, it It's,
0: it's not, like I said, my stomach hurt. Legitimately mm-hmm. hurt for two-thirds of this movie. Right. Like, from the day they get, well, from the time he shows up at the train station in Lake Cuomo, I was like, oh no. And, and then all the way up through mm-hmm. probably Just after the party scene, that scene is tough. It is, yeah. It's really tough because you,
1: when he says two doctors, you become aware of what he's going to do. Yeah, it's dangerous. And what he's capable of doing. And the fact that when I said earlier, does he love her? I don't mean in the sense that he loves her as an actual love. Did he love any of these women, these two, in a way that... He like convinced himself enough so that he can carry this
0: off for them. He loved them only in a way that a misogynist can love a woman. Exactly, which is what makes me wonder if what they can do for him.
1: What is what makes me wonder if this performance is even deeper than you think it is? Because it's like, okay, then he's not just. Because when I first saw the movie as as a teen or a preteen, my whole thing was, oh my god, what a monster! He he doesn't care about any of them. And then as I'm watching it this time, especially his reaction when he first sees Alice Alquist's painting. Yeah. He's like, like there's a moment where he's just in shock. And when he does this thing where he's looking at the jewels and he's obviously obsessing over them. Yeah. And he even tells her as he's leaving, I wish the jewels hadn't come between us. It's like, you, in your mind, you think that if these jewels hadn't come between
0: you. But it's but he's also right. a person who doesn't not know, certainly doesn't know how to love a woman, right, and exactly that's why I'm going when I'm looking at or have home, a romantic relationship, right. I should say, not just love a woman, but if he's a heterosexual man, he mm-hmm. doesn't know how to have a romantic relationship, right because all he is looking at women as what they can do for and him, they're
1: replaceable with each other, of because course. at some point, Nancy's expected to yeah, yeah to take over his wife's yeah. duties and it's. I, I got into his performance more. This viewing veer, around, going, oh my God, he really is. He's portraying a certain kind of guy and he's nailing every yep. single point. Yep, yep, yep,
0: But yeah, her performance is astounding because she comes. She, yeah, that's that, especially that scene in the in the attic at the end. Right.
1: And that was where Georgie, she
0: finally hmm. gets her voice and it's just like, and she's clearly like, Like, the way it is written, it doesn't feel like she wouldn't be... Even though we haven't seen this from her previously, it doesn't feel like it comes out of nowhere. She's a well-educated, intelligent girl. Right. Right? She's just been undermined so much that she didn't remember that she was a well-educated, talented, intelligent girl. uh, Until this point where she was like, oh, let me... Let me remember who the fuck I am
1: right. and that's part of it there's a part of what works really well for that scene is that he's tied to a chair, yes, and she is standing over him triumphant
0: pacing oh yeah. too she she's not she not she's not static no, she's moving like a cat almost right, and she's also reached this point to where
1: I honestly feel that. The implication to me is that if she doesn't call the police on him, she's going to stab him in the knife.
0: I legitimately was like, um, you don't want her to get that right. knife in her hand, you idiots, Because she will put it in your fucking heart and she will laugh while she does it. Yeah, she
1: was like on the verge of being hysterical in the opposite direction, yeah, which is, in oh the opposite, no, I'm, oh going, no. To, yep, I'm nope.
0: going to carve you into pieces. Yep. But but, no. but part of her also knows... I think I think one of the the thing the saving graces is is, is be, having been told that he was already married, right. so that she knew that she did not have to be chained to him for an extended period of time, right? right? She knew that there wasn't it wasn't like she had to cut you know bite her own leg off to get out. Which which would have been what stabbing him would have done, right? She would have gone to jail, a hundred percent. Joseph Cotton might love her, but he's not. <laughs> yeah.
1: And this is part of George Cukor was a he was uh, and when I said that earlier, uh, he was called a woman's director. He worked really, really, really well with actresses. He did Little Women, and this is mm-hmm. I feel like this whole thing like John Sturges and Robert Wise. We're looking at these directors who are not celebrity directors nowadays, but who just put in so much work. He, um... He directed, um... He did a lot of literary,
0: uh, stuff, too. I mean... He he is listed as an uncredited director on The Wizard of Oz. Yes, and as well as, um... Gone with the Wind. Gone
1: with the Wind. And he worked with the two actresses for quite a, a uh, a while...
0: And a this, woman's face followed by two-faced woman. That's so confusing. <laughs> right, but he, he did the second um The, Star is, the Born. Star is Born. Bawani
1: Junction, which was a film that yeah. I really liked. Uh he did um My Fair Lady, the mu- with a comedy. Yes. With uh and the musical with Rex Harrison yes. and
0: uh uh Audrey, Hepburn. Audrey, right.
1: And so it's like this guy did amazing work. Uh and so his ability to work with women—he did a film called *The Women* that I remember from that same period when I was watching these. Movies. Was that
0: remade in the two thousands?
1: Twice, I think. Oh, okay. But but
0: it is that it same features thing.
1: Features the original the the film that he did it has no male performers at all. Really, not a one.
0: I not know a, the one that was made most recently had at least yes, one man. Yes, and in that it. was
1: kind of the thing that upset me about it. Going well, it was. You're telling me that this film was so much more surprising in what he was able to do that long ago also
0: in 1939 that same year as gone with the wind and uh, The Wizard of Oz
1: and he did Camille too with Greta Garbo and Robert Taylor and that was That was a film I remember. I also
0: see um, a version of David Copperfield. Have you seen that version? I haven't seen it. I know that you are a I like Dickens. Dickens stan um but, but you he, haven't seen that version. Interesting. No.
1: Yeah, he did a lot of comedies. He did you know, Adam's Rib. Oh, John Fontaine. Yeah. I know her. But yeah, he did a lot of great stuff. And he did some stuff for television. He did some
0: stuff for movies. He was directing well up until the 1980s. Yes. Um, yeah, he directed for a long time. He lived a long time. Right. And he worked for a long time. And his
1: specialty, again, was... I remember listening to the last one of the last films he did with I think it was Candace Bergen and Jacqueline Bissett, which tells you how long you'd been working. And they said what was it like when he was, they were asking? Is that Witch like, and Famous?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's his last film.
1: They said he had an amazing like we would have scenes in the script and he would just tear the page up and go, The audience isn't gonna buy this. We have to respect the audience. The audience is we have to be able to make a film because probably it.
0: because it was written by a man. Is Possibly, that why?
1: Right. And know.
0: he'd actually listen to women talk and was like, "That's not what the fuck they right. sound
1: like." It's, it's really, and maybe at some point we should watch the women the original because it is was a, he
0: a homosexual? Or I was believe he? so. Yes.
1: Interesting. But he he um,
0: he got a lot of. I believe he was. Um, I'm gonna look and see what what IMDb is telling me. I mean, he lived at a time when it wouldn't have been.
1: Um... He also had like really amazing friends. You read his list of friends and the people that he associated with. And, you know, he was friends with Spencer Tracy and and Catherine Hepburn till the end of his their lives, or rather, uh, Tracy's life. And he was very good friends with Catherine, and. Uh, Marlena Dietrich, Lawrence Olivier, and Vivian Lee, and Cole Porter, and Noel Howard, and just James Whale. It was another, you know.
0: Probably because the last of his biography uh-huh. on IMDb is Cougar was buried next to his long-ti- longtime platonic friend, Francis Howard, the wife of legendary studio mogul Samuel Gold. So if you're going to tell me he, yeah. he was married next to another man's wife, who he was platonic friends with, explicitly platonic friends, it feels, oh, actually, she, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no. It says she, he's buried next to her at her request because of her long but unrecorded love for him. Oh. <laughs> Ow, that's very sweet. Also, where's Samuel Goldwyn? I hope he's on the other side of her, because that's rough. Uh, yeah, so he was replaced as director of Gone with the Wind after fighting with David O. Selznick. Gee, I wonder why they didn't get along. David O.
1: Selznick is turning into the villain of this particular phrase of of, uh, of our podcast, I think. Um, just
0: scrolling to
1: see... Yes, it, it, I, I believe he was gay. I don't think it was something that he discussed, but when you look at his mm-hmm. list of friends, especially you're going, oh, okay, he was, especially when he was hanging out with James Whale and some of the others, these are sort of the gay talent that were in Hollywood for a while.
0: He attempted unsuccessfully to launch a huge movie project starring Maggie Smith as complex and troubled author Virginia Woolf. That would have been Amazing. Amazing. Yes. And I'm mad I don't get to look at it. Okay. Uh yeah, he was very it seems like he was likely mm-hmm. um homosexual. It doesn't say anywhere in here. Um Oh wow, yeah, he Despite his reputation as a woman's director, which is what you said, mm-hmm. three actors Won best Academy, actor Academy Awards for films he was credited the credited director on, while only two actresses won best actress. That could be more, yeah. I mean, that could just be, right. yeah. So ten films nominated for best picture. That's a right. a real we're good record part. for a man I have
1: never right. heard
0: of before.
1: Ten for
0: a person that you didn't know
1: about before today
0: and End. nine End. films selected for National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being c- culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Yeah. This movie was nominated for that in 2019. Also, The Wizard of Oz, The Women, Gone with the Wind, The Philadelphia Story, Gaslight, Adam's Rib, Born Yesterday, A Star is Born, and My Fair Lady. That's bonkers. Yeah. Yes. That is a bonkers and again, list. It was, of-
1: it's like when you're looking at John Sturge's body of work. Or you're looking at Robert Wise, where it's like, why the hell don't people know who these people are? I remember when we were taking a film class together. Yeah. Um, our teacher, God bless her, a very sweet woman, made the mistake of saying that John Ford directed one of John Sturges' movies, and I remember raising my hand, going, "Oh no, that was John Sturges." And she's like, "Well, thank you." And she was really open to being, you know, to me doing that. But it's like I couldn't let that go. John Ford will be John Ford forever. John Sturges, you want people to remember him because he was a hell of a filmmaker.
0: He was, he was gay. He was kind of openly gay. Okay. He had big parties. Well, that's why where it was, it was a James Whale safe and like, okay. place exactly for homosexual men to mm. be that um, right. with each other. And I guess um, Netflix's show Hollywood um, from Ryan Murphy which, um, I believe debuted in 2020, or at least, or, I don't know if it actually came out, but there, are um, several characters are either invited to or assigned to work at a party thrown by George Cooper. that is depicted as a night of utter debauchery and a safe space for homosexual men to express their expressions, uh, expressions really. for one, an- one another. And it's, apparently he had Sunday sex parties that were a, it was an open secret, um, One of the most open secrets uh, in Hollywood, as producer Joseph Mankiewicz said in Patrick McGilligan's book *George Cukor: A Double Life*, he never disguised his sexuality, yet he never carried it as a pin on his lapel. Yeah. So, yeah. And Sam Goldwyn's wife was pining after him forever. (laughs) Um, But it was really interesting. This
1: film was it thrilling to you?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. 100% 100% this movie was so good I loved it so much I don't want to watch it again it hurts my stomach real bad but you know what I will watch good. the last five minutes I will watch the last five minutes if I need a fucking pick me up though if I just need to be like hey don't forget what a bad bitch you are I will listen to that and I will listen to Lizzo I will put it next to Lizzo <laughs> on a fucking playlist it's so good it's so good good what do you think thrilling no, no. oh my god yeah
1: were you thrilled? I was thrilled because it's the same thing as a film like uh, Twelve Angry Men, yeah, where it's the acting. Where you're watching it, going, "Damn, these people are good." The, this is it. And, and and another thing is that the film itself, there are times when it's just more. And it won the Academy Award for Best Art Direction. And Best yes, Year. it is. Beautiful. beautiful. It doesn't need to be as beautiful as the outfits as
0: it that Ingrid Bergman gets to wear. Right. I mean, she is being horribly abused throughout the film, but she looks amazing. Well,
1: the scene in, I guess, the conservatory where yes. they're listening to the music, mm-hmm. I pointed that out to you. know, We didn't need all these nope. beautifully costumed extras. But in the scene. I'll take it. But this is just the, the level of what MGM and what other studios were producing at the time. And they were producing this sort of like the The films that people wanted to go and watch because uh yeah,
0: it's like, oh my God, yeah, that scene is it's completely overdoing it, but it's completely yeah. appropriate too. yeah 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 and and the thing is like we've we've gone over it now, if you had did not watch the movie beforehand, and now you've been spoiled, doesn't matter, go watch it, it yeah it's, it's it's you know from the right. beginning that some shit is not right, oh yeah, it's kind of nice to know that at the end it's. She's okay, right. you know what I mean? Because I think that's where my pain—the pain in my stomach came from—was. I was like, Ugh, "Is this gonna kind of promising young woman me? I don't want it to promising young right. woman me. I just hate the way that movie and so mm. much, and I." Don't want that to happen to this, me, and, the, and it both. doesn't. That
1: was a very that was an upsetting experience because I was hoping for something very different. Yeah, and it didn't. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, no! This yeah. is not the way this should end.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh huh. We're gonna we're gonna do a real severe, um, shift <laughs> with okay. our next movie. The next thing we're gonna watch is 1991's Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Y'all, we're not watching Terminator One. Uh, in preparation because that comes later in the list and that would be cheating. So we're going into Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, A two hour and 15 minute movie that is currently available on HBO Max. Uh, As though we have never seen Terminator. I don't. Mm. I know I have seen both of them. It has been a long time since I've seen either of them. Um, And I. I've seen all of the Terminator movies except the one where Christian Bale lost his mind on the set. Mm-hmm. Salvation, I think that one is called. I have not seen that one. Um, but I did see the most recent one where they brought Linda Hamilton mm-hmm. back. And that was good. I liked it. Um, but I don't know the Terminator mythology very well. So we're going to kind of go in and just talk about what we see. Uh, I know Robert Patrick turns all silver in this one. He's all. He's like a He's like a Mercury Man, yeah. And uh, he looks like the it looks very cool. And I'm I'm looking forward to see how well a 1991 Silver Man holds up in 2022. Yeah, I'm curious to see. I bet pretty well because I think they went pretty broad on it, but we will see. So that's what we're going to watch next week: Terminator 2: Judgment Day, that closes out our July. Okay. Uh, In the meantime, would you like? ...to recommend anything at all... I already know what you're going to recommend... ...to our listeners. Okay. Um, I
1: saw Last Night in Soho. You did. I and watched it with you. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, I can't say very much about the movie... ...without giving it No,
0: away. I had not even watched a trailer... ...for this film. What I knew... Anya Taylor-Joy stars in it. Although she's not as big of a star as I thought she was. And it's an Edgar Wright film. And I was like, yep.
1: Yes. Okay. there is some really... There is... Um, and it was really after watching uh, The Queen's Gambit that I wanted to see what else she was doing. Yeah. And I uh, just watched Emma, I think. So good. Right. Yeah. Uh, where she was really good. So... It's Anya Taylor-Joy, Mackenzie. McKenzie, uh, and then like three of the biggest actors from the 60s are in this film, mm-hmm. uh, which are, I mean, Matt Smith is in the film as well.
0: Matt Smith, yes.
1: But He's read, a Doctor Who, y'all. Greta Tushingham, Terrence Stamp, and Dame Diana Rigg.
0: Diana Rigg! This is her final I believe performance? I it's her final
1: performance, yes. And, um, yeah, it was amazing because it's a film about a character obsessed with London in the 60s. London
0: in the 60s. And so having those three particular actors. It was, you guys, you'll be a little disconcerted. So this girl, I'm just going to give you a rundown of the beginning. This girl gets into um, fashion school in London. She lives in a very small town in rural England. Mm -hmm. And it seems like. She lives in the, the, in the late 1960s, maybe early 1970s. And then she gets on a bus to go to London, and she's wearing Beats by Dre headphones, and I'm like, when is this? When are we? Right. What's happening? <laughs> it's like so weirded out by it. Um, yeah, and that, I think it was intentional. It's meant to... Yes, it's meant to... Create a culture shock. Yes, and, 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 and get you in this headspace, because there is right. sort of Time Time travel, there's ghosts. It's a a horror movie. Right, it is. It is Edgar Wright's first horror movie. It is a horror movie in the way that only Edgar Wright could do. Mm. I don't consider the ice cream movies horror movies. I don't consider Shaun of the Dead a horror movie. I just don't. It's a comedy. I guess it's a horror comedy. Mm. This is not a comedy this is not a comedy. Not. And there no, are some no. very scary images in here. Yes, there are. <laughs> um, so yeah.
1: No, I I, I just I, I didn't know much about it and I went in blind, which sometimes is really good. Um but damn, that was a really good film.
0: Yeah. It was he's I forget how much I like Edgar Wright. Um, and then I watch one of those movies and I'm like, oh right. He does super and I've never seen Space. Um, so maybe I should, um, I finally, I finally got Corey, my friend Corey to watch Scott Pilgrim versus the world, a movie where I was like, this movie was basically made for you doofus watch it. You're gonna love it. He watched it and he loved it. No shit. (laughs) Um, the three, the Cornetto trilogy, that's the ice cream movies, right? Um, I have never seen any of them. I have not watched any of them all the way through, which is stupid because I know I like Edgar Wright movies. Why have I not watched these movies? I'm dumb. Uh, he um, he directed one of the fake trailer inserts in Grindhouse, which I think is very funny. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. He did Ant Man, a movie I very much like. He did Baby Driver. A movie that is as close to a musical as he's done so far and i want to watch again actually because i remember just being floored by the music action combo that was happening like Mm. he like he basically made a two-hour music video that has a plot of a movie (laughs) it's bonkers um he wrote, he made a directory or a documentary about a band called the Sparks Brothers, which is supposed to be very good, and then this one. Um, and I think he's just getting better and better. I really, really enjoyed this movie. It's uh it's streaming now on um HBO Max. Uh it's a little it's long, so buckle in. Like it's like two hours, two full right. hours long. It
1: didn't feel like it it,
0: took it didn't much feel time. too long. No. It, it didn't. didn't. Um, but yeah, there's a lot in it and it's really, really good. You will wonder why one of the characters keeps putting up with the shit that he gets put through. Uh, that was my only thing. I was like, yo, yo, Hmm. hey, sir, uh, she's going to get you killed if you're not careful and I don't know why you're well, still here for this, don't but don't spoil
1: anything. But yes. I'm
0: not going. That, that was my one thing with the movie. I was like, "Why is this dude still coming around?" I don't get it, but it's fine. Um, so, what's what's yours? What's your
1: recommendation for this?
0: I really like that. Okay. Good. Um, I can't remember what else we've.
1: Um, we started some things, but.
0: Still really enjoying Clarice. So Still if, really enjoying Clarice. We if started you, um, Ms. Marvel. We started Ms. Marvel, which, which I is, am enjoying. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fun. It seems a lot lighter than the previous things, but we've just gotten to the end of the episode two, which mm-hmm. is when it seems like it might be kicking into gear. But I'm really liking the the Muslim family stuff mm-hmm. that I don't get to see. and yeah, And we're learning there's expository stuff about the partition the um the breaking up of Pakistan Bangladesh mm. India what happened to families and stuff which is a, a story that is deeply rooted in a lot of Americans' histories that I have literally no understanding of. Yeah, I, I, I picked it up. It's beginning. like talking to the... I, I was talking to mm-hmm. the, the ladies at the nail salon that I go to, and I was, like, learning about Vietnam history. And I'm right. like,
1: what? The weird part <laughs> is I got... I started learning about that, really, when I was working in downtown Oakland, and I... was my first management job. I would take cabs back and forth, uh, to go see my mom and dad when my dad was still around because that was the fastest way to do it and I would get any number of cab drivers just start talking to me in them
0: yeah and I'm like I'm I'm not I'm I don't I, I understand don't. what you're saying
1: yeah but, and then we would start this whole conversation about their families and where they're from and and that led me to do my own research because I was really interested in, and that's what I found it about you know the the history of the people in the country and the connection with afghanistan and and bangladesh and it was so yeah it was really because they interesting.
0: were saying you know there wasn't a pakistan there wasn't a bangladesh right. it was all india and i'm like
1: oh yeah. right and the period of time when bangladesh was actually part of pakistan and it was yeah completely separated it was you're thinking that's just so strange but there was a time so, yeah,
0: it's interesting to see... It, it's it's really... I, I appreciate a yeah. story that I don't... I was saying the other day, I was like, I would much rather watch this than Uncle Ben dying for the fifth time. Right. Like, I, ju- I know. I know. Great power, great responsibility. I know. <laughs> Show me a story I haven't seen before. Right. And I'm really... I'm enjoying And I like the the, the girl that they have... Her yeah, name is aman she's very funny. The show is very funny um and um like it, visually interesting, yeah although sometimes I'm like, I can't tell what I'm supposed to be understanding right. to be happening, so but I'm watching it a little while, so that's on me. Siggy would like to say what <laughs> <laughs> moree and uh yeah so i'll I'll recommend that and um we're getting back into evil too, which is bonkers bananas on, on uh Paramount Plus. So just little things. I um I particularly liked um Last Night in Soho. Soho um mm. and I've got I've added a bunch of stuff onto my um to watch list. I know I just watched an entire series and I liked it and I now, I have watched it, and so it is out of my yeah, memory, it, and it, I, it
1: sucks. It, it, it's like you watch something, and you're determined to watch the end of it. I did the same thing uh, the other night with finishing uh, Mad God. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, that was amazing. I'll never need to see it again.
0: Thank you very much, Mr. Tippett. You're a genius. But yeah. Holy cow, that was a lot. And Netflix doesn't have, like, a history. Mm-mm. I did watch a a, a, a cute um, movie on Netflix called Hello, Goodbye, and Everything in Between. Mm-hmm. So if you've got fucking 80 minutes to knock yeah. out a little rom-com, it's pretty cute. Um but no, I've dropped I've added a bunch of list things that I wanna watch on my list. Um and I did, I definitely did watch an entire series uh of which I cannot remember. So You'll remember right off the, I'll off remember as, the, soon as, we, yeah, yes, as, soon as soon as we yeah, as soon as we get off of, get the, off of uh, this. Um I'm gonna remember and on. I'm gonna feel real bad about the fact that I didn't um recommend it. Maybe I will be smart enough to write it down so that I can tell you next time, but no promises, baby. Um, I think that's going to bring us to the end because I am just babbling now trying to remember anything that's happened in the last week and a half. And that doesn't lead us to anywhere. Good. So, uh, next week, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. It's on HBO Max. You probably own the DVD of it. Let's be real. Everybody owns this DVD. Do we have it? Maybe somewhere does. Yeah, we do. Um, and we will talk about it. Until then, uh, if you have questions or comments or concerns, or if you can remember for me what the hell I watched, <laughs> and tell me. Uh, you can find us uh, by email at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Lake Commerce Podcast. Um, And you can find us on Twitter at Latecomers Pod. Uh, I would like to remind you to take all of your medicines every day, and also, in these hot times, apply sunscreen regardless of the amount of melanin in your skin. It doesn't protect you from cancer, and I don't I want that you that to anymore. get cancer. Okay. And we'd like to remind you: better, better than late than, than better. never.